If you're the toughest, smartest person in the room, you are in the wrong room. That's why uh, we usually have each diversity, but uh, Chad. Uh, it's having too much of a good time with all his betting winnings with his girlfriend. And now he's sick. So we're going to drag him out of bed for college football on Friday. Uh, but we have regional diversity. We have Jason from the Midwest and Scott from the Northeast. And it's funny when people talk about misinformation and, you know, fake news. Every region of the country has different information, believe it or not. So we consolidate that information so we can all collaborate together. Chinese say we can't collaborate. Russians say we can't collaborate. NATO can't collaborate. That's what they can beat us. They can't because we're showing here on the podcast, not only can we collaborate, but we can have a specific purpose, a specific outcome, and those outcomes are transparent. Anybody wants access to the spreadsheet, I'm gonna start posting pictures of the, of the spreadsheet because accountability, humiliating yourself, making yourself humble and building yourself back up is one way to learn, right? So we keep it raw, honest and real, but we use decision science, the 80-20 rule, eliminating co-variables and variables to get to a result. They teach you how to make decisions. You teach us how to make decisions. We collaborate, we work together as a team, as a capitalist community, sports betting community, so we can all make money. And believe me, uh, the Calandra, the, we'll talk about you know, in the offseason, the Calandra uh, mafia from Italy alone makes 60 billion, right? So it's almost uh, a trillion dollar market. I told Tom Getty, right, friends of Magic Johnson, is it a trillion dollar market? He's like, yeah, it's 900 billion, right? So out of that 900 billion, they can pay us to hit 70, 60% on our NFL bets. So uh, we'll go Scott, then Jason, first thoughts tonight. So it's, uh, it's good to be here after a strange day. <laughs> um, Chad's obviously missed. Chad's a a great uh, collaborator with us. Um, you know, he's, he's had, he had a solid Thanksgiving last, last week. If you guys didn't listen to Hawthorne. one. Um, so here we go again, you know, week 13 is here. This is going by really fast. So really fast. Um, we've got, we've got six more weeks to, of betting uh, to go before the playoffs hit. So um, listen to this, listen to the Hawthorne and, uh, and monetize your, your bets and, and wins. Big time, big time. He was five and one Thanksgiving. Uh, 
So I'm going to get one here on Friday. So if there's a tie, you break the tie. If Jason can't break it tonight. Uh, what are your first thoughts, Jason, from the Midwest? How's the weather out there? Oh, it's cold tonight. Yeah. Um, you know, I came out of the office tonight to uh, four uh, tires that were all low. So, you know, oh. it's cold when the pressure falls. Wow. <laughs> so we are having a good old uh, Chicago uh, 20 degree weather. Um, yeah, looking forward to this week. We got a full, pretty full board, 15 games. Uh, only two teams. We got Carolina and Arizona on the bye this week. So a uh, pretty full board. And um, yeah, getting excited here to get into the picks and help with the sheet. And um, yeah, looking forward to it. Right. Just the one six weeks to be really good. Go ahead. The one thing I forgot to mention this this is probably the best slate of NFL games in a while. There's a lot of stuff that's going to be really good in these games. It's going to be really hard to succeed this week, but we'll do it. Obviously, so. Right. And if you call it, if you a couple of weeks where we've been even, uh, but pretty much since the beginning of the podcast, especially the last couple of years. <clears throat> Uh, we're undefeated as having winning weeks when you factor in uh, college football. Uh, and this week is going to be championship week. We anticipate doing really well. Uh, 70 to 80% championship week. And then college bowl season is coming up as well. And if we run into a college basketball pick, we'll share that as well on the Twitter, um, on the Twitter handle. And also, top 10 rules of betting, I updated it. Uh, make sure I'm going to tweet that out so people can read it. Uh, so they know the whys, and they can understand why we have the success we do have uh, better than any other podcast I know out there. Uh, we have better percentages, but we give you the underlying evidence. Which going through a seminar today, people are talking about, we need to know the underlying evidence. I'm like, oh, my podcast. As far as sports betting, we give you the underlying evidence, the whys, uh, so people can learn how to make good decisions, right? We want people to learn how to make good decisions and don't feel the need to shoot up uh, uh, a grocery store or something like that. Have fun betting on games, right? Because the other part of it is, as we get into the game, it's the mental health part. Got to have fun watching the games, uh, enjoying the games, not... And I've been on both sides of it. I've been guilty of it. Where you're looking at a game and you don't want to talk to anybody. You just want to sit in the basement with a bottle of vodka, watch the game. And you get mad and you throw stuff at the TV, you know, because you're betting, right? Uh, I'm not a big fan of that. I probably would have had a heart attack right now if I would have kept doing that. So, uh, mental health part of it is part of the system that really I've been working on for 30 years and really perfected it the last 14 years to get up to this point. Uh, using business and financial concepts in order to predict the outcome of these games, make a significant amount of money and have fun. So to that end, we'll go to New England. Uh, Scott was 80% on NBA playoff games last year. <laughs> 20% on Celtics games. So the rule number one is sports betting. Do not bet your own team. But he's been watching the Patriots his whole life from the Raymond Berry days, right? Uh, Grogan, uh, all those guys. Remember that guy too? I forgot his name, Meyer. 
Uh, he was the coach of the Pony Express and Eric Dickerson. Ron Meyer. Ron Meyer, yeah, he was the head coach of New England. So yeah. uh, keep in mind here, uh, Bill Belichick's record is 44% without Tom Brady. Uh, last year, he barely makes the playoffs, gets blown out in the playoffs by the Bills. Yeah. This year, he's a 500 coach. This is not your Super Bowl winning, seven Super Bowl uh, Bill Belichick, right? And so we talked yesterday on the Hawthorne effect. Yeah. Uh, I feel he's a great strategist, a great defensive coordinator, but yeah. he is a 40-game under 500 head coach. And I think he's a bad general manager, and I think he's a bad uh, assist. The other title he has is uh, assistant vice president, executive vice president of the team. I think he's a bad at that, too. And I think he's a bad offensive coordinator. What are your thoughts on this game? Plus four, under 44 is what I'm calling this. Uh, let me look at the weather that's going to be there. In the week. Oh, you know, I don't have to, I don't have to look. I have to ask you. Cold, very cold. It rained here all day today, but I, I think it's going to be clear for tomorrow night. But it's going to be really cold. Right. So both teams are cold weather teams, obviously. So that doesn't benefit one or the other. Right. And uh, what's his face play college in Wyoming? Josh Allen. Josh Allen. Yep. And so there won't be much wind, you know. So we won't have to worry about that. The, the thing I will say is, if you remember last year's game at Buffalo, that crazy wind weather game right the overlying picture of that game was bill belichick laughing on the sideline because his game plan came to fruition perfectly and then when buffalo came here last year to new england josh allen took that out and the bills took that out on belichick and i don't think they've forgotten about that game and i think that that fuels them in this game prime time thursday night game um New England, Mac Jones will face a better defense than he did last week against Minnesota. I think that's the difference in this game. I'm taking Buffalo and I'm taking the over in this game because I think Buffalo is going to score in the thirties this game. I just see that happening. Josh Allen's been practicing in full all week. So first week in three weeks, he's practiced in full all week. So his elbow is getting better. His health is getting a little bit better. He's, he's still got the shoulder problem a little bit. Um, but I love Buffalo in this spot. I just think Buffalo's on that, trying to get the number one seed on that playoff push right now. And I think with six weeks left, you're going to see a different Buffalo team. So give me Buffalo and give me the over. Buffalo in the over. Yes. Buffalo I think, over I think what, what's going to happen in this game because Buffalo is going to be able to score, it's going to force New England to have to score two to stay with them. And I think New England could score 17. And I think Buffalo is going to get 31. So that's that's where I'm going with this. Yeah, well, I think uh, you made the comment, actually, that uh, how easy it was for Minnesota instead of 20 with New England. And I think it's because they weren't showing a real defense because they're saving it for this game with Josh Allen. Uh, yes. Belichick is a great strategist. So I think this first game, uh, plus uh, New England wants to run the ball, keep Josh Allen on the sideline. Uh, it's a home game. It, it's important it's a home game with Belichick because Belichick is going to go in there early and start intimidating the refs. 
for certain things to keep the clock running. So you see the clock run extra in this game, and that's to keep the score down. Yeah. Under the 44, I see this being a 23-20 game. What do you think, Jason? Yeah, I'm right there on the 23-20, uh, but that just makes me really nervous. I don't think I can take a total pick because I could easily see that like one field goal sneaks in there and it, it's right. – it blows it. It goes over. You know, I you know I like those engineered parlay picks where you can you know get a little breathing room. Right. Uh, probably going to play this game. I'm I have to agree with Scott on Buffalo pick. Uh, I love with that point. You can buy a point and get Buffalo minus three. Uh, so I on the on the uh, the side I'm going Buffalo. Uh, but for the over uh, under scenario, I, like I said, I'm probably going to play it with. Uh, teaser parlay whatever you want to call it and get myself you know uh you know uh, under 51 or and uh over you know 37 or something like that uh, in that range to see i'll have to see what the odds are lock in a pick like that but uh I, I, it's just too close for me to just go straight out on pick pick total right and in the top 10 rules of betting i have that uh no parlays, right? So I don't believe in parlays, not even the engineered one, but it's good to have a diversity of opinion, right? We know it's not a validly mathematical process, but that's how Jason has fun. Right? So yeah. can't, be against, can't be against fun uh, as far as parlays goes. So we'll have Chad, we'll do a little video with Chad tomorrow. Sick Chad. We'll have him um, get some garlic, and lemon and have some soup and we'll soup them up to get the pick. We'll post this on Twitter um, and I'll put it as an addendum to the podcast. I'll add it on to the podcast. So we're stuck. We're deadlocked. We're deadlocked Supreme Court, deadlocked decision, waiting for one of the Supreme Court justices to get well so they can make a decision on this one. This means it's probably a pretty crazy game. Now, big debate in sports betting, and anybody can give me their opinions. Uh, I'd like to know both of you guys' opinion on this because you guys watch a lot of football. Sure. Uh, I subscribe under the theory that you cannot predict turnovers. However, right, so the 80-20 rule back there. However, 20% of the time, you can see somebody who's a turnover machine like Baker Mayfield and kind of factor it in to what your determination of the outcome is, right? Because we're like Elon Musk. Elon Musk says you get to the truth to figure out, to predict the future, right? We use fundamental analysis. Nobody's ever gotten rich with technical analysis. Heard it today in a derivative seminar. They don't, and I'm like, okay, these people don't know what they're talking about. Because you cannot rely on those charts at all. Technical analysis, nobody's ever gotten rich. People have gotten rich with technical analysis, which encompassed corporate governance, right? What Jerry Jones wanted to fight Robert Kraft over, corporate governance, because it's so important. That's why Elon Musk is so important. So he says, you get the truth, you predict outcomes. We don't have the resources Elon Musk has. So we get as close to the truth as possible in order to predict outcomes. Yeah, yeah, you can't you can't predict 
if anybody tells you what they know is going to happen in, in any type of NFL game or whatever, they're only lying to you. You can't predict turnovers. You can't you can't predict touchdowns. You can't predict any of that stuff. Right. It just happens organically. So right. I'm on board with you on that. Right, yeah. All right. Uh, what do you think, Jason? Can you predict turnovers? Uh, yeah, unless, uh, well, let's see. The Colts, I guess you can count on turnovers. Yes. Kirk Cousins, yeah. Kirk Cousins in prime time is another one you can predict. <laughs> the other team, but you know, uh, yeah. Other than that, I agree with you know, Scott. Uh, you know, it, I think it really just comes down though. Yeah, you don't know. Yeah, yeah you don't know. Yeah, it, it, turnovers are so. That's a twenty percent lock factor. You lose a game because of a turnover. You make the determination because that's the thing. You have to differentiate between what's luck and what was your bad thinking, or maybe you didn't do enough research on this game. But that's why it's good for business thinking, sports betting. Uh, Cleveland analytics teams. Uh, can't say who my clients are, but I do have a client who has a World Series ring. She uh, got a degree, a PhD in math from MIT. And she told me, and I asked her, right, uh, do you have any NFL clients? She's like, no, NFL have asked me to bring him on as a client. And I've said, no, I'm not going to take the NFL's money because analytics does not work in football, much less to predict football. And, you know, I asked her why. And she's told me, right, basic finance that to ensure a result, you eliminate variables and co-variables. That's how you get to a result. In baseball, you have the pitcher, you have the catcher, you have the umpire, and she says up the middle, uh, the shortstop, second baseman, and the center fielder, right? That's what, four or five, six, seven people? And the manager, eight people determine the outcome of any particular pitch. In football, you have 22 people on the field. You have two coaching staffs, right? With at least 12 to 15 people, and you got eight refs. So what do you have? You have close to 60 people who can determine the outcome of one play, right? A safety falls down. Uh, uh, a dumb assistant scratching his neck is giving the, the signal to the punter to take off and run instead of putting it, right? That happened in the playoffs with Houston. So too many variables in football for analytics to work. How do we use that, right? We look at analytics teams who are making a mistake. Believe me, it doesn't matter how much smart somebody is, how much money they make, they can make stupid mistakes that you can predict and monetize. And God knows how much money, and I've said it on a podcast, and if I listen to a lot of people listening to the podcast, made a lot of money. I always bet against analytics teams, and I have been rewarded up to what, 70%. So the Browns are four and seven. They're purely analytical team. And then you want to talk about technical analysis. Uh, David Tepper from the Carolina Panthers. He's the owner. He said in his news conference, I'm going to make this a full analytics team. We're going to make this a technical analysis team. Remember what I said, technical analysis, and never, including David Tepper. David Tepper got rich not using technical analysis. He had a 25 Billion dollar hedge fund he gave up. Why? Because technical analysis wasn't 
get making it become a hundred billion. He was making commission, right? And he was getting 59%, whatever. He takes three billion, takes one for himself, two for the Panthers. So what are the Panthers record this year? They are what? Panthers are uh, three and eight. Three and eight. Three and eight. So four and seven and three and eight. So that's seven and fifteen analytics teams. And they're like that against the spread and on the other way against the spread. So again, it's not the house's money, it's my money. I got a lot of money betting against analytics teams. Cleveland minus seven at Houston. Houston is desperate for a win. Cleveland is not that good. Cleveland can run the ball. Uh, Tampa Bay lost that game. Tampa Bay has a senior citizen quarterback. Uh, so give me Houston plus the seven and a, seven and a half under 48. And they're afraid. Is Brandon Allen going to start playing? Really? You're going to bet the over on Brandon Allen? Right, and Alex Houston team wants to run the ball. I say no. So give me your Houston Texans plus seven and a half. I'll try to make it eight. I'm going to call it eight. Uh, what do you think, Scott? I 100% agree with you with this. Deshaun Watson hasn't played football in two years, basically. In the he's starting, in, he's starting. This is his first game. Ah, no wonder. Oh, the way what's going on with these? Nuts? Yeah, the over the over <laughs> under is way too high. He's gonna right. it's gonna take him a half to get get anything going. I think. Right. They're right. gonna run the ball in the first half, which means clock runs, clock rolls. Um, there's other things that, that are in play here that I won't go into, but uh, I'm gonna. Agree right, right now, I didn't know he was starting in. It is Houston. He owes Houston, right? Yeah. The money, so he owes him. You know, to kind of uh, <laughs> believe me. Uh, we do not believe in Easter Bunny or Santa Claus with this podcast. We deal with reality, raw knowledge, reality, information no one gets anywhere else to get to those outcomes. So uh, a firm that's out there that knows the numbers, believe me, everybody, there's no secrets out there. The government knows everything. Uh, private businesses knows everything. And 8% of outcomes but we call the integrity. I'll put a, a link to them. They're, they're, they're actually hired by the NFL. They're hired by the Pac-12. 8% uh, of outcomes in sports betting, in the NFL and college football, there's some sort of nefarious activity or some sort of uh, collusion between the players and the coach. So when I say Deshaun Watson owes the Houston Texans something, <laughs> It, it, we might not get his best performance or his best self, as they say in the corporate world. Have they said that, Jason, at your company? Have somebody say, hey, be the best version of yourself or something? <laughs> oh, yeah. We've got a hundred things like that. <laughs> I don't think that John Watson is going to be the best version of himself in this game. <laughs> what, do you, what do you think, Scott? No, I, I, I just think that this is a, a bit too much of a big spread, and it's the over under is way too high on this. Right. Houston, Houston got blown out against Miami. It was 30 50. Everybody's like, ah, it's two touchdowns. Right. They got blown out. They got blown out. So the NFL teams are very prideful teams. Right. Houston's coming back home. This is their Super Bowl. 
Right. Don't forget against the, right. their old quarterback. Houston plus seven under forty-seven. Easily pick. Easy pick. Easy. Not for everybody. But for us. For us. Pick. That's why this year verified you can look at the spreadsheet. Last week we were 18, 12, 60 percent. We're <laughs> 205 up, 124 down, uh, 62 percent. And I'm at $70,000 profit. IRS, you can ignore that. I'm just looking at my return later on this year. Right? Uh, that's a $1,000 game. $100 betters are up $7,000. $10 betters are up $700. $700 they did not have before to buy groceries. All right? But we want to get higher than that, right? We've been stick to Scott's goal. Finishing the year at 73%. All right. Denver at Baltimore. I look to see because again, market analysis, not the derivatives of the seminar I was listening to. It's not options. It is options, I should say. By definition, this is an option. But it's not as complicated as the options when you go to your local dealer to do an option. Uh, so from that mentality, that process, I see this being plus 10 after people look at the pregame shows and Harbaugh and this and that. Uh, let me look at the weather in Baltimore because that's a low number, 38. But uh, I'm talking about pride. Uh, great teams with great defenses do not get blown out. Harbaugh doesn't want to blow people out. He has a, and that's the thing. That's why you never bet your own team. That's why you have to go through a process where you check your thinking. You have other people involved because we all overestimate how smart we are. We all always estimated how talented we are. Oh, why isn't my kid starting? We, we always overestimate how good our kids are, right? So uh, Jim Harbaugh and John Harbaugh, you know, one Super Bowl, he makes $10 million a year, very successful guy, but he overestimates how good of a strategy he is, strategist he is, how good his plays are. He always wants to hide plays because he thinks long-term. Salesmen think long-term, short-term. Salesmen think short-term. Salesmen and women think long-term. So he's thinking long-term. He's proven it, right? I, I always give them a chance. Have they changed? They have not changed. Belcheat hasn't changed. He waited to the last minute for Wilson to make a mistake and lose the game, right? 10-3. Harbaugh did the same thing. He did the same thing last week. He'll do the same thing again. He's just going to play vanilla and wait for Denver to make a mistake and beat Denver by three points. It's going to be under the 39. That Jacksonville game got kind of crazy, uh, you know, uh, with some, you know, in the heat with worn down defense. And Trevor Lawrence played better than he's ever played ever before. Uh, but to that end, just knowing how the man thinks, again, rigid thinking. That's why we can predict so many games because so many games are the same. And these guys are not creative guys. Why? Because they don't have to be. He can be rigid and still make $10 million a year. So, because of his thinking, getting ahead of his thinking, 
And it's a lot easier to do with him than CEOs. Oh, what's the CEO going to do next? What's Bob Iger going to do with Disney, right? It's easier to predict John Harbaugh than uh, Eisner, the CEO of Disney, or Elon Musk. Hard to predict Elon Musk. Why? Because he does asset every day. <laughs> Great. He does asset every day. He owns a rocket company. Good for him, right? But yeah, good luck predicting what he's going to do next as a corporate strategy. So to that end, using all that knowledge, and, you know, MBA securities licenses, uh, I have to protect the public, right? As a fiduciary, I'm picking Denver plus 10, <laughs> you know, uh, to protect the public. I'm telling the public not to trust Harbaugh with a double digit, <laughs> with double digit line. Because the way he thinks, he just wants to win the game. He's in hide as much place from film as possible. Because he has an over-opinion of himself as a strategy. What do you think, Scott? They introduce you to the, the lowest-scoring Denver Broncos team in NFL history. History, you know. So I'm on, a, uh, I'm on another show on uh, Friday's fantasy show. Well, I'm on a group chat. They just sent the text. Russell Wilson had a birthday party thrown by his wife last night. Half of the Broncos team attended that party. That locker room is completely fractured. <laughs> they, they do not like Russell Wilson. They are holding grudges against Russell Wilson. Baltimore is at home. Mad team coming off a bad loss at Jacksonville last week. Even if Denver scores 10, I think Baltimore is going to get to 24. I'm going to say this is going to go under the total. It's so low, I don't want to do it, but I'm going to pick under the total. Right. And I'm going to pick Baltimore because I just don't think Denver can score much of anything at Baltimore against a mad defense that's probably going to swarm all over Russell Wilson. So give me Baltimore minus, I think it's an eight right now. So I'm going to go minus eight and I'm going to go under the 38 and a half. Now, you got to always partake against recency bias. Because yep. Baltimore scored those points. We'll have Chad break the tie. But I literally think this game is going to be 10 to 3, 10 to 6. Listen, it could cover, very the, well be. cover those eight points. It could very well be. I just don't have any confidence in Denver right now to score anything. And if that's the case, if Baltimore gets to 14, it may cover the spread. That's how bad Denver is right now. Right. Right. So, but if we lose to 10 and a half, 11 again, 11, and it's 14 to 3, and then Russell Wilson throws a bomb, uh, and then they kick a field goal for no reason, like uh, Stanford did. Yep, yep. <laughs> Stanford was down by 10, and they yep, kick yep. a field goal with two minutes left. That must have been David Shaw had the freaking, uh, <laughs> had, had the over in that game. <laughs> He did resign, probably because they find out he had the overnight game. He's, well, why are you kicking a field goal with three seconds left, down by 10 points? Right? It makes no sense. It wasn't the kid's not going to get a record or something. There was something going on. Yep. Probably he had the over. Yep. Uh, so we're going to break that tie. Uh, Chad will break that tie. Uh, I'll make sure we'll have the picks on the, on the um, website and on the Twitter feed. Uh, for accurate accounting, which Jason's in charge of. Independent verification numbers. <laughs> uh, 
like an auditing firm. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. The Marcus Mariota uh, plus two under forty three. Uh, we talked at at a game a lot on the Hawthorne effect. Yeah. Plus one. Uh, the Washington players were all saying they loved how Mariota played, probably for the wrong reasons. <laughs> but uh, no, Kyle Pitts. But they have enough for the other guy. Kyle Pitts, uh, again, one of those guys that you got to watch out for character. He's great talent, but you know he got in trouble. It's funny how things change, right? He had Urban Meyer with Hernandez and a couple serial killers on the team. And when uh, Kim, Kim Newton started stealing laptops, he was kicked off the team. Cal Pitts was only buried in the roster. <laughs> it, it had to come up. They're like, don't steal anymore. We're going to confiscate the laptops. You can't make any money up. We're not even kicking you out of the team at the university. Uh, they kept him there, kept him early. He made him leave early after he had a record year. Man, he had a great championship game against Alabama in the SEC championship game. But he's out. But he really hasn't done anything. He, he can't remember the plays. He, you know, runs the wrong routes. I think it might be even better for him not to be there. Uh, I really like Drake London. It's in the same side of my head. It's Chris Olave, the same guy to me. You know, mm -hmm. five-star, went to a blue blood. You know, and now he's on a, you know, a crappy Southern team. But I like uh, Zacharias. I like Gage in this game. Pittsburgh, last game, Chad had it, right? Pittsburgh had a lot. The coaches on Pittsburgh had a lot to prove. They're all involved in a lawsuit saying how white people get white privilege. The white privilege lawsuit, that they get advantage at, as coaches uh, in the NFL for jobs. Who does Pittsburgh play? Jeff Saturday. He gets a job because... He goes out drinking with Jim Irsay, who's in recovery. Jim Irsay shouldn't be out drinking. The man was found with a pound of cocaine and 30,000 ecstasy pills. The ones that weren't ecstasy pills were oxy pills. And a prostitute who later died because he took her out of the hospital and OD'd at his house. And now the new guy just drinking with him. So all that, you know, Pittsburgh had to win that game. They put extra into that game because if the Conklin can't beat him, it blows his whole argument, right? That black people should get more interviews. And this yeah. white guy gets hired, and he's his only coaching experience is a high school coach in Georgia. So he really had to beat Indianapolis. That doesn't give him a lot to go into Atlanta, to go to the Mercedes Dome, sponsored by Bill Belichick and Nick Satan, who own a Mercedes dealership more than a mile away from the Mercedes Dome there. Uh, so give me Atlanta plus a two, under 43, with a rookie quarterback going against a uh, veteran defensive coordinator. What do you think, Scott? Yeah, I'm 100% with you. I think, um, you know, Pittsburgh barely won that game last week against a, a underwhelming coach, a underwhelming quarterback, an underwhelming offensive line. I think Atlanta is a better coach team than Indianapolis. They run the ball very well. 
And I think Mariota is going to hit a couple of couple shots in this game that is going to loosen up the defense a little bit. So I love Atlanta in the spot at home, needing the win this week to stay in the division race playoff picture. Would you go over? I'm going to go under the 43 yeah. because reading up yeah. on this game, Washington has a really good defensive line. Yeah, and I'm going to go. I should have won anyways. In Pittsburgh, in theory, right? If you don't do your research, you would say, okay, Pittsburgh, all they do is draft and mold run stoppers. That's what Pittsburgh does. But those guys aren't any good. I remember seeing them against uh, New England. New, New England was going in off the line. So they haven't done well this year, and that's Atlanta's strength. So Atlanta wants to control it. I noticed that last week. I noticed that with Atlanta. Don't agree with it, but he knows his team. He knows his team is depleted. And if he gets up in a two-score two lead and puts his defense back on the field, his defense is going to give up a quick score, and the game gets out of control. So he prefers to slow the game down, methodically go down the field, burn clock to keep his defense off the field. So that, to us, the sports better means under. Yeah, and I'm going to go under, too. I just think both teams want to run the ball and play defense. So Right, exactly. That's where this game is going. Yeah. So, yeah, so that means under. The philosophy yep. of it. Yep. All right, so we got Atlanta plus two, under 43, getting plus two points. Love it. It should be the other way around. Yeah, I think so, too. What do you think, Scott, about the Philadelphia Eagles at home minus, minus five and a half? The total is 44 and a half. I think the one problem Philadelphia has on defense is stopping the run. And I think the one thing that Tennessee does really well is run the ball. So I could see this game being under. The reason Philadelphia scored 40 points is the Green Bay defense is not very good in my mind. And they got a couple of turnovers from Aaron Rodgers. They gave him short fields. So I don't think that's going to happen against Tennessee. I think Grable does not turn the ball over. So I like Tennessee plus the five and a half. And I like the game to go under because I think that Tennessee is going to run the heck out of the ball. I don't think they're going to throw a lot. They're not going to – I don't know if they're going to need to, but I don't think they're going to have to. Um, so I like this being like a, a 20 to 16 type of game somewhere in there. Tennessee is an under-made team. It's a total under-made team. And that's where I'm going with this game. I think Grable is mad they lost to Cincinnati last week, so I think he's spent extra attention to his defense this week. And, and Derrick Henry – did not get the ball as much as he should have against Cincinnati, and that'll reverse itself and change this week. So, yeah, you know, thinking about it, um, I'm going to switch my pick to Tennessee plus five because uh, I think Philadelphia has proven the last couple of weeks that they're not the same team they were earlier in the season. People have caught up to their film. And then uh, re reading uh, the Chicago Tribune over there, Jason's part of the world, uh, man, uh, Justin Fields, he has a torn up shoulder, right? A messed up hamstring, and he's concussed. Uh, 
and Scott made the point. Uh, Justin Fields, he can't run it that much, man. He can't run it as much as he's running it. He's not going to be able to run it that much against Tennessee. You're going to have to, especially in a game like this, let's see what he's got from a conventional offense point of view, right? I don't think he has much. And then Derrick Henry looks really good. He looks like a monster out there. Uh, the only thing that worries me is Tannehill. But Tennessee should cover the, the, the five points. They should have covered last week against uh, Cincinnati. They had that game. We had that game right. You know, she died on the table. Exactly. Perfect <laughs> operation. Everything right, but the patient died. That's what they call that 20% luck factor in decision science. They uh, should have covered that. I they'll, they'll go ahead and actually push, right? They pushed the four points. Yeah. yeah. But they should have won that game. And it's Tannehill. So I think Tannehill is this much until I'm actually rooting for the guy. See, you have to differentiate your rooting interest, right? It's worth betting from what your analysis is, from your mathematical, your decision science analysis, right? So logically right now, Tannehill is just a little bit better a drop back guy, conventional quarterback than Justin Fields is. I would prefer Justin Fields to be better than Tannehill. But until he proves it, you can't bet on it, right? And I never believe that the whole, uh, oh, it's uh, personal, not business. You know, the mafia, <laughs> oh, I killed your brother. But it's, it was business. It wasn't not personal, right? I don't believe in that. But, but in sports betting, you do kind of – there's been times where I've bet on the Patriots. Mm-hmm. And, and I've been rooting against my money. I'm like, I'll, I'll lose $1,000. <laughs> I just want to see Belichick and Brady get beat. <laughs> I'll pay a thousand dollars, and then winning a thousand dollars with consolation if they cover. But uh, that's my feelings on that game. So I'll go Tennessee plus the five, just because Tannehill is a little bit better. Even though he threw those three picks in the playoff, it's a little bit better conventional quarterback than Justin Fields under the forty-five, and that'll be the consensus pick. Uh, two bad teams with good records going against each other. That's how mediocre the NFL is, maybe by design, from a profit standpoint, from a corporate standpoint, from a commercial real estate standpoint. Uh, Washington should not be favored against any team, including your local high school team. Uh, Going to the Giants, the Giants are a plus one team. Uh, I mean, I can get some video real quick on what plus one is. Uh, but it says the quarterback runs the ball. And there's more blockers than tacklers. And you get easy yardage. But it's almost like the cookie jar. Going to the cookie jar too often. Too much of a good thing. You can have too much money. We all know people who have too much money. And it's not good for them, right? Uh, a dynasty only lasts three generations. You go from Fred Trump. Donald Trump to Trump Jr., right? Is Trump Jr. going to keep all the money of the generations, right? I'm betting he probably isn't, right? Ivanka jumped ship with the curses. So, uh, D-ball goes too much to the plus one, and he doesn't have a plus one quarterback. 
He's not as built as, as Fields is. Look at Fields, how hurt he is. Uh, it's putting a round peg into a square hole here. I don't know how much longer you can do that. Barkley plus one. But I'm, I'm thinking in a division game, he has extra plays hidden for this. Again, he wants to control the game like the Atlanta guy. Uh, keep his defense off, keep his crappy defense off the field. But I do not think they're running through walls for D-ball anymore the way he publicly shamed Galloway or Galloway. Uh, that was not good. Uh, online, you know, I told people they're not getting Beckham because they're too cheap. They care more. Any extra money the Giants spent is for that wrestling company Scott told me about in Rooney Mara's acting career. They're not going to spend money on the team to get all the blocking. But still, in this situation, division game at home, I like the Giants plus three under 41 points. What do you think, Scott? This I agree with you 100%. This is a total running game, number one. Both quarterbacks are not going to throw a ton. I think it's going to come down to if the commanders can stop Saquon Barkley, and I, I don't think they can. Um, they have a good rush defense, but I don't think they can. I, this is definitely one of those 17-14 games in, in favor of the Giants. So I, at, I like the Giants at home plus the three. I'm going to buy the half point, and it's going to be under. It's a total under 40 and a half game in this one, so. All right, so that's going to be your consensus pick. New York Giants plus three, under 41. Let me go back. And, you know, Adrian Robb is watching um, the World Cup, number one agent for the MLS and Formula One. Gives great information on Detroit Lions games. I'm going to go back to see our record. I can't remember missing a Detroit Lions game. They're on hard knocks this year. Uh, again, I think this line's wrong. You got a bad Jacksonville team with a very remember. Uh, Baltimore was not putting their best foot forward last week. They're hiding place for the playoffs and played very vanilla. They got super tired and ended up getting a little bit of a shootout late with Jacksonville. Every week's different. They're going up to Detroit. Uh, the guy there, uh, the head coach there. Dan Campbell's doing a great job as far as really managing the team because we look at management, right, to predict outcomes. And he's letting Ben Johnson be the offensive coordinator. He's letting um, the defensive coordinator, he's giving him some redemption. He's letting him, you know, pull himself out of the hole, got himself in that everybody wants him fired. And Detroit, you can tell. They're sitting in meetings, and Dan Campbell's looking at his coaches to say, okay, you guys have looked at the film. What do you guys want to do this week? Do you want to get into a shootout? Or do you want to play smash mouth football? In this case, I'm predicting they're going to decide to play smash mouth try to keep the defense on the field. Uh, made a lot of money in college football this year. Teams that play Michigan, the next week they lose because they're beat up. 
Same thing for the, it used to be the Steelers, used to be Belichick. Uh, maybe still is Belichick. You got to look at that. I'm going to look into that. But they're gonna, this is a beat-up Jacksonville team after playing the Ravens last week, a very physical team. Going in there against Detroit, the total's just way too high, 52 points. Going to buy the half point uh, to get it off the key number of 52. So I love the under. Give me the Detroit Lions minus one. I would make this Detroit minus three. Mm -hmm. I actually think uh, very rare, but Detroit has more talent than Jacksonville. They have a better quarterback than Jacksonville. So it gives me Detroit minus one under 52 and a half. What do you think, Scott? I agree 100%. The wrong team. Well, first of all, as I said pre-show, I have a, a site called thelines.com where I look at the spreads. It's all over the place. Detroit's favorite one spot, Jacksonville in another, Pickham in another. So it, it's all nobody, any sports book doesn't know how to how to put this game, what to what to put it at. Jacksonville had a physical game against Baltimore. Baltimore wilted in the last in the fourth quarter in that last drive to allow Jacksonville to go down and score. Their defense did, as we call it all the time with the Florida games. Right. So I think Detroit indoors at home is going to win this game by at least a touchdown. And I agree with you. The, the over under is just way too high. They're, they're over, over uh, analyzing Jacksonville offense. Right. I think it's better than it really is. So um, give me Detroit plus the point and the under. Nice. Feel really good about this week. Really, really good about making a lot of money. Uh, because the, the more you do something, the better you are at it. And we have 205 wins, but we've learned more from those 124 losses mm -hmm. to get up there to 70, 80%. Uh, the New York Jets, plus three at Minnesota. Minnesota coming off a big win at home. Uh, Mike White, I don't know. Have they talked about in major media about the Mike White chants at the Jets no. stadium? Oh, they no. have it. It's crazy. Uh, the fans are doing like soccer chants. They're doing Mike White chants. <laughs> it's always hilarious how the fans sometimes know better than the coaches what major sports media say. Uh, but it's going to be on the road. Basically, he's a rookie quarterback. He hasn't had a lot of starts in the NFL. He's a good veteran defensive coordinator. O'Connell's very organized, but give me Minnesota minus the, actually on the money line, because I don't trust Minnesota as a cheap owner. I think it's going to be a crazy game. Uh, New York's a come from behind team, but as Shad likes to say, in a controlled environment where there's less field goals missed, uh, the average score of an NFL game is 45 points. This is priced lower than that, 44. So give me the odor over in the Minnesota Vikings. What do you think, Scott? So can I add one more thing to that Jacksonville game? Yeah. The Jacksonville point total is 26. I'm going under that 26. I don't think they're going to get to 26. So that's another bet. I want to put it on that too. Okay. Um, in terms of this game, I agree with you 100% again. I, I think Minnesota on the money line at home. They can clinch the division up this week with a win against the Jets, which right. which they'll do. And I like the over in this one because I think what Minnesota did 
to the Patriots defense, which is a top three defense in the NFL. The Jets come in, you know, off a off a high against the Bears, exhilarating high. I think they're going to come down to earth a little bit. So I like Minnesota on the money line, and I like the over because I think Minnesota could put up in the high twenties to early thirties in this game. So, and Mike White's going to do Mike White. He's just going to score. So, I'm in agreement with you. Mike White. We're the only podcast I think only information out there that gave people Mike White with a high degree of certainty. Mike White. Yep. We knew what he was going to do. Yep. Uh, From big money. Starting even last year. Uh, and all these Mike White games, even in college, they all go over when he went, when he went in. All right. Green Bay, five and a half at Chicago. Uh, Chicago is illegally under the salary cap. Their, their salary is so low that if uh, Roger Goodell was doing his job, which he does not, <laughs> Do right to make that 88 million, he would find Chicago for being under the salary cap. The second largest city in the country. Jason, it's a per capita income in Chicago so low that <laughs> they have to be that way, right? Maybe I should talk to Miss Lightfoot. So it's a pretty tough city. <laughs> it's the mafia and the union leaders stealing so much money for the workers that yeah, they have to have such a you know, low payroll for this team. They're playing with a backup quarterback, Trevor Simeon. Simeon. Uh, Green Bay, man, they they know they have to win these division games. They're almost out of the playoffs. They can't afford any more losses. And we saw, again, people over-opinion themselves. We saw, finally, the real Green Bay offense last week with all the plays. They look totally different because it is totally different. The, to, the real scheme is in now because they're in a pinch. I see them blowing out Green Bay. The group, Green Bay blowing out Chicago. Give me Green Bay minus five over 44. What do you think, Scott? I hate taking Green Bay by five, but I'm going to because Chicago's just that bad this year, right. um, unfortunately. Bears being good is, is really good for the NFL. Um, no matter how you slice it. So um, I think that Aaron Rodgers has a sense of urgency right now because he has said today, once they're eliminated, he has an open mind to sit for the rest of the year and let Jordan Love go in and play. So I think if this is the last game he plays this year, I think he's going to want to go out with a flourish. And he owns Chicago. He just owns the Bears. He's not injured. Huh? Or injured but playing? He's injured but he's playing. They yeah. the scans came up, came up better than they thought. So he's playing as long as they're not eliminated. That's what he said to, in the press conference. Now that could that change by Saturday? Yeah, that could change, but I don't know that it's going to. So I look for Green Bay minus five, and I'm gonna go. I'm gonna say this is gonna go. Slightly over the total. I'm going to go on the 45 point. So I, I think it's going to go slightly over. I see a, like a 27-20 type of win for Green Bay. So Yeah. And the thing about Chicago is that – let me take a look here. The Green Bay defense is, is not as good as people think. Right. It's, just, it's not. 
And David Montgomery can run all over them, I think. So that's why I'm getting them to 20 in this game. And the other thing is um, that it really seems like Elberfuss and the general manager, uh, because teams, some teams just wing it all year. Some teams have plans for each part of the season. Once they traded away the two best defensive ball players, uh, the Bears started trying to get into shootouts, and their game started to go over. So I kind of see that here, right? So did you say under, Scott, under 44? No, I went over. I went over the 43 and a half. So we're going to agree with that. Green Bay minus five, over 44. And for shits and giggles that they used to say in the suburbs when I was in high school. uh, Chicago has gone over like the last four out of five games. The Bears. All right. Uh, Seattle. Pete Carroll. Minus seven and a half against the Bryce Perkins led LA Rams without uh, Darnold. I knew Darnold would call it quits because why, why does he want to play if he was dumb enough to let Kanye West steal all his money? Really? You want somebody who's mentally ill, mental illness, an anti Semite? Uh, managing your money, no other. He, so he's not playing. But I think the Rams are going to cover because uh, it's a division game. Seattle's really not that good. Uh, McVeigh will keep this game close. Seattle will win this game, uh, and I like it under forty-one because forty-one is too low. The average score of an NFL game is forty-five points. I think the Rams can get to 17. They lose 24-20. So that's 44 points in covering seven and a half. What do you think, Scott? Yeah, I'm going to agree with you. I, I just, the Rams have been getting blown out left and right here. So right. I think that the Rams at home are going to be able to bow up with all these guys missing. Right. Okay, and it might be John Walford this week. That that's that's the rumor that's going around today. Right. It, it could be him, but no matter. Yeah, drop back quarterback is better against that uh, against Seattle's yeah. defense. Yeah, so so I think the Rams are gonna. I think Seattle's gonna win the game, but I think it's, it's more pointed toward a field goal game, like a 24-21 type of game. Right. So I'm, I'm gonna take the Rams plus the points in the over forty-one. It's too low. So yeah, we're both predicting the same score: twenty-four yep. twenty-one. 2420. Rams cover in an $8 billion stadium without air conditioning, right? That's another part of tenets of this podcast. And it's what they taught me in journalism school there at Pointer Institute. John Chancellor, Dan Rather, were there teaching us. Uh, the truth and reality is always much bizarre, much stranger than fiction. <laughs> How can you build an $8 billion stadium with no air conditioning? Figure that one out. All right. Uh, San Francisco, Miami. Uh, San Francisco is a three and a half point favorite. The total is 46 and a half. Both are 
Andy Reid disciples. McDaniels was the fake offensive coordinator for Shanahan. Shanahan's calling all the plays. Uh, McDaniel could suggest plays, not allowed to call plays. He was allowed to make suggestions during the week. <laughs> but we know Shanahan's running the show. So he has a lot of things to prove against his mentor there. Basically, both offenses mirror each other. Tyreek Hill plays the same position, position, you know, Samuel, whatever, plays for uh, the 49ers. Uh, at this point in the season, both teams are showing their cards out there, their, their best offensive self, right? To use a corporate term. So that's why I like this game to go over. Um, seeing how San Francisco played New Orleans last week, uh, they looked a lot, a lot of things off film. But they can't do that against Miami because Miami can't score. And this is the other thing, too. Uh, Daniel went against this defense in training camp. So when Shanahan, during training camp, had to take his kids to the dentist, Daniel's out there calling plays for the offense against the defense. So he knows their tendencies and their weaknesses. That's why this game is going to go over. I like Miami plus four because Daniel, being a smart guy, being Harvard, graduate resented uh, being talked down to and being yelled at and disrespected by Shanahan. So he's going to get his anger out here. He's going to pencil whip him. He's just a skinny guy. He can't fight, but he can pencil whip him out scheming uh, Shanahan. So I like uh, Miami plus four over 47. What do you think, Scott? I 100% agree. I think Miami is the team this year that nobody wants to play in the playoffs or in the regular season down the stretch here. I love what they've done on offense. They have Jeff Wilson's given them a solid running game, solidified their running game, and then Waddle and Tyreek Hill are two right. awesome weapons on the outside. They're top five in receiving yards, both of them, and they're going to probably finish top five. So that, that tells you that Miami's offense – is equipped to go west to San Francisco and handle that defense. So I'm going to take Miami plus the four, and I agree with you. It's going to be it's going to be a 34-31 game. So it's going over by a lot. I think 46 and a half is too much. This should be the 50 game, not Jacksonville Detroit. So yeah, and to to uh, Jason's chagrin because he lost money during this game, but to pencil whip the 49ers. Daniel shut the team down in the second half, scored zero points in the second yeah. half. He didn't want that offense on film. <laughs> I guess uh, his former boss, uh, Mr. Shanahan, uh, man, the, the Chargers, who shouldn't be favored against anybody, uh, going against a lot, you know, McDaniel. And, you know, there's a lot of nepotism everywhere, right? Shanahan, his dad, um, we gave up there was all nepotism bowl up there at Denver and Baltimore, right? The Harbaugh family, nepotism there. Uh, Nathaniel Hackett, his dad was an NFL coach, nepotism. Uh, then you have McDaniels, whose best dad's best friends with Della Sheets. And, and he was fired in Denver for cheating. I forgot about that. He was filming the other team's practices. So without filming the other team's practices, he's only one eight NFL games as a head coach. 
It's like 20%. So I think the Chargers are going to luck out again. So give me the Chargers on the money line. And this total is way, way, way too high for a division game where I've seen the Chargers they did in Atlanta. Uh, really, they did last week. They went 25-24 last week. Uh, they went for two, right? It's, uh, Staley does 15 jobs. He's about to have a heart attack. His face is flesh. He's like, hey, just get me out of here. Go for two. Get this over with. <laughs> I don't want to do this anymore. This is going to be a more controlled environment. The Raiders want to run it all day. Chargers 24-13. That means the Chargers are the money line. You can't trust them with a Greek mafioso team with points. It's going to go under the 51. I think it's the first time they play this year. So usually the first time the games go under. No, they opened the season 1914. Chargers won. It did so, go under in 1914. Yeah. yeah. yeah 50, 51 is way too much. Even we'll do a live stream on that live stream on Sunday. We'll look at that. See if it's gone over that 52. Yeah. That's just too many points for these people. Even last week, it was 25-24. That's 49 points. What do you think, Scott? I agree. Again, I, I think um, this over-under is an overreaction to what the Raiders did at Seattle last week. So <clears throat> I could clearly see that Vegas wants people taking the over on this game instead right. of the under. So I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go the under. And I'm going to go the Chargers money line. I, I think that the Raiders, Josh Jacobs may not play this week's calf injury. So if he doesn't play, they're going to be a one-dimensional type of team, I think. So I like the Chargers in this game. And I like the under 50 and a half in this as well. Love it. I like it. We're from our mistakes, man, nailing these pretty much cold. There's no lead pipe stone cold locks it does not exist in life period there's no when you're an adult you know there's no guarantees in life at all but up to 80 percent all right so up to 80 percent we're looking at a nice 60 to 70 to 80 percent week this week chargers money line under 51 three more games kansas city in a revenge game from last year's playoffs at Kansas City, minus two and a half. The total is 52 and a half. What do you think, Scott? So, Jamad Chase is supposed to be back, but he had a fractured hip, I think. So, even if he pl he's playing, obviously, if he makes one cut, he could re-aggravate that thing easily. Yeah, he could easily. Because all he's doing in practice, I think, is going straight line. He's not he's not cutting hard. He's not doing any of that stuff. So the first cutting he'll make on his hip is probably in the game Sunday. Right. Kansas City lost at Cincinnati last year, so they're going back there. I am sure Reed and Mahomes have that perfectly clear in the front of their minds of what happened last year. Right. Cincinnati is not catching them off guard this year. Some places Kansas City is favored by one and a half. Some places they're favored by two and a half. I'm going to take Kansas City minus the one and a half. And I'm going to take the under, slight under. I don't think it's going to reach the 52 and a half that it is at right now that I see. Is it 52? Yeah, 52 and a half. So I'm going to take Kansas City minus 
the one and a half and slight under the 52 and a half. Right. Uh, we'll have Chad break the tie. I like, well, someone said the same pick, but uh, I like Cincinnati plus the three just because uh, Andy Reid hasn't had the same game plan on the road. And this is one of his kids, so to speak, one of his protégés, he takes it easy on. You're like, Josh, what are you talking about? It's crazy. What are you talking about? Take it easy. It's a professional game. They're supposed to do the best they can, blah, blah, blah. Whatever. Uh, it's not a house's money. It's my money. And on that theory, I'm 2-0, oh, right? When he went against Peterson, Peterson covered. One of his kids, one of his protégés. When he against against Frank Reich, he covered. One of his kids, one of his protégés. He usually beats them. But I think he's now just getting nostalgic. Maybe it was COVID or something. And he's taking it easy on the people he's mentored. And he mentored Scott, uh, Zach Taylor. He comes from that, that tree of coaches. Zach Taylor, uh, Mike LaFleur, which is the office coordinator for your, your New York Jets and Mike White. That's what they're doing today. It's Mike LaFleur from that Andy Reid tree. It's the office coordinator. Head coach of Green Bay is... Matt LaFleur. <laughs> it's almost like talking about a, you know, a banana republic where everybody knows each other and everybody's, everybody, you can't get a job unless you're related to somebody, right? Belichie has four kids on the staff. The Harbor football mafia family. Uh, in this case, it's relevant because you have the Andy Reid, the head of the Andy Reid football mafia family. And one of the foot soldiers in that mafia, Zach Taylor, who really under structure took a bad team to the Super Bowl. So I like them to take it easy on them, to be a lower score game. Maybe Cincinnati loses 20, 24, you know, one of those 24, 21 games, which would push me. So I probably, you know, make sure I get like at least 3.5. Uh, so I don't get a push because these are field goal type guys, you know, whatever, AstroTurf over there in Cincinnati. Uh, so we get Chad to break that tie. Deadlock. Should be a crazy game. Indianapolis in their depleted roster, cheap team against a team that isn't cheap. It has a stacked roster. Great defense. Uh, they will shut down Indianapolis. Totally see this game being 20 to 10. Just because Dallas, again, is going to take it easy. Not put Dallas is famous for not putting things on film that they're going to use in the playoffs because they haven't won many playoff games. They want to make sure they win a home playoff game for Jerry Jones there. Uh, so I like, and we'll look at this at the live stream on Sunday. Uh, market inefficiency. People got rich taking advantage of market inefficiency. So I see this as a market inefficiency where there's going to be too much betting on Dallas and Biloxi. Too many, uh, there's a lot of million, multi-millionaires out there who bet a million dollars on Dallas in those secret markets in there blindly just because they're Dallas. And they went half the time, they're happy. Uh, but for us, it, it gets at a real inflated line. So whatever it balloons to, hopefully over 14 points, uh, I like Indianapolis to have that plus number but it's going to be under 44 because uh, Indianapolis, they're a good football team on average. 
but for NFL level, comparing apples to apples, they're the corporate term hit. Uh, they're horrible. So I like Dallas to win easily, but not cover whatever it balloons to, but definitely under 44 points. What do you think, Scott? Yeah, I, I love the Colts in the spot, plus double digits, uh, number one. Number two, I think what the Colts are going to do is run the ball a lot. So this is going to be a Jonathan Taylor 25 carry game, which means the clock keeps rolling, as we've talked about before. And Dallas's offense doesn't get on the field as much, so they won't be able to score as much. So I agree with you. I like the, I like the Colts plus. It's probably going to go up to plus 14 based right. on what happened the other night, um, Monday night. Right. And I like the under 44. Under 44. Yeah. All right. Awesome. Awesome. Then, actually, that's not going to be Sunday night football. They, they flexed it with, I forgot who. No, that, it, that, is, the, that is the Sunday night game this that week. Next, it's yeah. next week that Miami and the Chargers are playing Sunday night. Ah, got it. They should have flexed that game. This is going to be a good game. It's it's uh, Jerry Jones. It's Jerry Jones. They're right. not going to flex him out of Sunday night. So, right. So again, if you have trouble sleeping, uh, record this game. You'll be asleep by the second quarter watching this game. Same thing for the Monday night game. Uh, you're going to have two senior citizen quarterbacks playing against each other. In the heat in Tampa. Tampa has a great defense to keep the game under control. The division game. Uh, you can't trust Tampa with the points right now. They're like a dysfunctional family uh, or dysfunctional family member that they will make it to Thanksgiving dinner, but they're not going to make it at a time. They said they were going to get there. Um, and then my dysfunctional family member said that they were going to bring a shakari board or whatever. I'm like, we knew that was going to happen. That changed to a ham. And then they, the ham was burnt, became late. Uh, but they got there and we had the $100 for them. We said, you can have these $100. Uh, you don't have to pay it back because you know we're not, you're not going to pay it back anyways. <laughs> but you know you were going to ask for it. Uh, so they'll show up at say, Thanksgiving dinner, right? Tampa Bay will show up at the scene, but won't cover the points. They should cover the points. So that's why I'm going Tampa Bay money line. And even though the total is low at 40, uh, they get shut out last week, right? The Hornets got shut out last week against a similar defense, 49ers. I don't see them scoring more than, you know, 14 points on Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay's been playing, you know, they got the talent to play lights out defense, Super Bowl winning defense with Vita Vea, Devin White, Levante David. And Carlton Davis looks nice shutting down, uh, you know, Drake London, whoever they got going in the secondary. So, it, Carmichael, I can see now why Sean Payton didn't allow him to call plays uh, against Todd Bowles and he, those guys. I think he'll, they'll shut him down. Uh, so give me Tampa Bay on the money line, under 41. What do you think, Scott? Again, I agree. I agree. To, if Tampa loses this game, they, they let the whole division back into this 
race again because New Orleans will close it by a game. Atlanta, if they beat Pittsburgh, they'll close it by a game like we picked earlier earlier in the show. Um, so I think Tampa has a sense of urgency in this game to win. Right. Won't be pretty. Tom Brady against New Orleans is never pretty. But I, I could see them winning 20 to 10, 17 to 9, something like that. He, don't forget, he has not had great success against New Orleans, no matter who the coach is, for whatever reason. Right. So if Marshawn Lattimore is back, that will shut Mike Evans down to a, a great extent, which means that Brady is playing with one hand tied behind his back because Mike Evans is his guy inside the 20-yard line in the red zone. So I like Tampa on the money line. I think they'll squeak it out. And I love the under in this game. I love. I just love it. I think both defenses are going to come to play in this game. So that's where I'm going. Uh, heads up, uh, odds on that money line though is minus one ninety six. So. Oh, jeez. Yeah, it might have like Tampa Bay minus two. You might get it for like one forty minus one forty ish. You know what? Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to switch. I'm going to take New Orleans with the four points. I think it's going to be a field goal game. So I'm going to go to New Orleans plus the four, and I'm still going to stay the under. So that's that's where I'm going. I, I just don't have any confidence in Brady, especially against New Orleans, but I don't have any confidence in Brady at all right now. Cleveland was a bad defense last week, and he couldn't he couldn't do anything against them. So I think Tampa will win. I think Tampa will win the game still, but I think it'll be like a, a 17 to 14 type of game or 13 to 10 actually is more yeah i'll probably play in this one with my uh (laughs) you know and get like tampa bay plus three and a half and yeah plus 10 and uh get both yeah no you're right about that 196 uh that's that's a lot that's 190 190 uh if it was minus 140 i would take i would definitely Ain't worth the bet. Just stay off the side. Yeah. Yeah. That that one. I'll I'll uh, I'll uh, I'll give a definitive on the, on the live stream. Live stream. Yeah. I'll keep that pick right now, but I, it could very well change in the live stream on Sunday morning. So. Right. Yeah. I'll, I'll look at that. I'll, I'll I'll hammer down. Really, what it's going to boil down to is. You know, does New Orleans have enough to get up in there, or else I'll just go. Um, I'll go. I'll go Tampa Bay three and a half because I think Tampa Bay should blow them out. It could be twenty-four to six, uh, twenty-four thirteen, which you'll see the under. Uh, and Tampa Bay minus the three and a half. So I'll change it. I'll change it for now. What I'm going with is Tampa Bay minus three and a half under 41. I just the other thing is is in this game, I just take Tampa's history against New Orleans. I mean, they lost nine to nothing last year to them. They right. lost 38 to three to them the year before in a prime time game. They beat them 20 to 10. Tampa Bay did this year, but it wasn't pretty. It wasn't easy. So yeah, Tampa Bay beat them this year, right? Yeah, so 20 to 10. Type game. Yeah. I don't think they're going to let New Orleans score. And I think New Orleans doesn't have any offense. I mean, confidence trying to score. No, I don't know why Andy Dalton's still the quarterback for the Saints. I think they need to go back yeah, to Jameis. They, they had a meeting that Jameis was hurt. Uh, Jameis always has some sort of issue with issues going on. 
you know, he kept pressing as far as he could throw him. Yeah. We'll so, put Taysom Hill in there. I mean, Taysom Hill's a yeah, serviceable quarterback. He threw a nice pass against uh, San Francisco. Why take him out? All right. Looks good. Feels good. Um, I'm going to dive into that Tampa Bay game a little bit more. I'll give you on the live stream. We'll give you 80% of the games. Uh, feel really good about championship weekend, this weekend, college football. Final thoughts, you guys. What are you guys thinking? I, I like the slate this week. I mean, I, this is the best slate the NFL has put out there. In you know, we've had some stinker games and some right. dog games, but this this week feels like a really good slate. And it feels as you, I agree with you, Josh. It feels really good that profit, big time profit, is going to happen. So, right. What do you think, Jason, over there in the Midwest, man? Yeah, I, um, you know, I'm the sheet keeper. I don't speak up a lot, but I threw a star on the ones where I uh, my picks matched. So we got about 10 of them uh, were for a unanimous pick. Um, but, yeah, definitely like uh, like the picks and, uh, you know, appreciate this show and the research, you know, that, that I do uh, each week. Uh, that's why I help out with this show. Uh, it's, you know, it's a really big part of my research. Nice. So the time is worth the money you're making. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, what are you thinking about a parlay, right? Because parlays, right? I say don't ever do parlays. But I think it's not a legitimate business proposition, but for fun, uh, if you what do you, what what's the first thing that comes to your mind as far as a just a normal parlay? Oh, this week? Yeah. Yeah, the, I mean, the, the, the couple that I really like are uh, it, it definitely going to be the tight games, those field goal games uh, where it's real close on the over-unders. So, like uh, like I said, the Tampa Bay, New Orleans, um, I, I think that that's definitely one the, to potentially get a, you know, you can stretch that with seven points. Right. Uh, it, uh, you know, that'll get you Tampa Bay plus, plus four and get you New Orleans at plus 11. You like the lock on the, you feel like you, know, you can't risk the under with that or you won't get the, any odds. You know, if you're really feeling solid on one of the, on the, you know, the, the under there, uh, you know, that, that's one I got my eye on. And then uh, I think it was the first game we were talking about, uh, New England, the tomorrow night's game, yeah, uh, with uh, Buffalo. Uh, I think that one is another one there that, uh, you know, that seven point, uh, whatever you want to call it, teaser parlay. Right, right. Uh, you know that the trick there is, you know, that I was just uh, struggling a little bit on the. I don't feel as confident on the total, so um, you know, yeah, uh, that's going to be a harder one to pick. But um, you know, where yeah. where you got one side where you're feeling really confident, strong in your research, it's it's a great strategy to try to you know, when you're like, you know, it could be a field goal, you know, type thing. Uh, I, I like using those uh, those combinations to you know buy some breathing room. Right. So if I had to do a parlay, I would do it for fun. I bet a thousand dollars a game, and I would bet, I would say I would bet uh, fifty bucks on Detroit money line in Tampa Bay money line, because that that kind of boosts my Tampa Bay minus one ninety six. That's what I would do as a parlay. Yeah. One that one that I I would like to that on a teaser. I think the Indy plus 11, 
you right. probably could get an Apollo 8, what, Indy plus 17, Jason, plus 18. Oh, yeah. I, right. I don't think they're going to yeah. lose by 18 to Dallas. Yeah, and a strong under game. That's yeah. That's, yeah, that's a yeah. huge one. So I would I would go something like an Indy and the and the Tampa Bay or you know in that in that sequence and and try that because like I said Indy's not going to lose by three touchdowns almost to Dallas I don't think that's going to happen so another good one would be Detroit minus one Atlanta minus two yeah want to be on a plus in and some juice yeah that that that'll be a parlay I would put right. fifty bucks on but I only do it once but if I decide. Then we're going to do that parlay. I will only do the $50 once because you don't want to start getting into parlays or start eating into your profit because I'm betting $1,000 individually. I I actually, this is the one, and I might do this just to, just to throw something. Right. Indy and Miami. When Miami is underdog to San Francisco, right. you're probably going to get 10 with Miami somewhere in there. And then with Indy, you're probably going to get 16 or 17, I would think. So... Yeah, Miami would stretch all the way to eleven. Yeah, yeah, and I, and I don't think Miami's losing to San Francisco by eleven. So I, those are the two team parlay that I I would do. I would look at strong. You're looking at a teaser, that'd be more of a teaser. Teaser, yeah, yeah. yeah. Teaser. Uh, yeah. My parlay would be Atlanta plus two, Denver, uh, Detroit minus one. Mm. Yeah. All right, so. We're giving you valuable information for your time, highest best use of your time. And, you know, we don't believe in Santa Claus or the Easter buddy, but, you know, the, the legend of Santa Claus, right? He's built quite a reputation for himself. It's a lot of free cookies, right? Uh, Santa Claus, uh, giving things away. And we give all of our picks away, all the side, all the other. But we give you the underlying evidence. They were talking about options and stocks, which is supposed to be more legitimate than sports betting. We're giving you all the underlying evidence, right? And that January 6th committee, uh, all these grand juries, they're not giving us the underlying evidence, even though we're paying for it, the taxpayers. Here, we give you all the underlying evidence and all the whys. You do not have to pay Action Sports $1,000. All you have to do is listen to the podcast, read, uh, the top 10 rules of betting. I put them on medium to say the average time it takes somebody to read it is 10 minutes. It's a valuable use of 10 minutes, right? Pretty much 20 years of knowledge. Plus I have an MBA, advanced degree, and security licenses. So it's probably a good 10 minutes you're going to make some money reading the top 10 rules of betting. And Winston Churchill said, right, to that end, to the Santa Claus end, to the Easter Bunny end, don't believe in the answer, buddy. What is the answer, buddy? It gives stuff, giving stuff. In business, you give one, you get 10 back. That's why Costco gives you a free hot dog, cheap gas, right? Because it's, it's getting stuff back. We get stuff back. You make a living from your labor, but you make a life from what you give. Thank you for listening to the ESBC Podcast Network. That's why this Yeah, shit in the world. That's why.